Great. Nice to see everybody. How are you doing? Okay. Great to be together. I just need to give a, a sad notice uh, really today. Um, many of you will know um, our sister June Evans, been part of the church. Ian and June have been part of the church for a long time and she's had a, a long fight with cancer over the last year and she passed away on Friday. And uh, so our thoughts are with Ian. And uh, just now, we might, I visited her on Thursday and we prayed together and um, she just know her time is up really. And she said to me, unless the Lord meets me, I'm, I'm on my way really. And so I prayed with her and and then Friday afternoon she passed away. So I'm just going to pray for Ian right now and uh, just commit him to the Lord. Father, we thank you for June and for Ian, Lord. We thank you for being part of our fellowship for so long, Lord. And um, we just, uh, Lord, will miss her, Lord. She's been part of our church for so long. And Lord, we can't really believe it, Lord. She's just a young woman, Lord, and she's in your presence today. And uh, Lord, we just, Lord, thank you for the hope that we have that, Lord, we'll see her again. Uh, Lord, but we pray for Ian today, Lord, as he just comes to terms with this really, Lord, grievous loss, Father, and uh, just the trauma of the last few months, Father. We just pray you'd surround him this morning. Lord, be his friend, be his comforter, be his God, Lord, today. And let him know, Lord, your presence, Lord. And uh, may we, as his brothers and sisters, Lord, just support him and encourage him and love him and cry with him. Lord, let him know, Lord, the love of your people that surround his life, Lord, in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. And uh, we'll give any details as they come over the next few weeks. Praise God. Okay, we're going to share from the Word this morning. We're in our essential series. And uh, I just wanted to um, really uh, just bring one little verse to you this morning. Um, And it's one of those verses that how you read it really depends on how people hear it. You'll understand what I mean when I read that now. You could read it like this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Or you could read it like this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Galatians 6 verse 7. It's just one of those amazing verses that, you know, we have to pay attention to today. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And when I was just thinking about this verse, you know, this essential verse, because this is one of those verses that really is essential to us to understand. Because I don't know about you, but there's a temptation in all our lives sometimes to just believe that we can pretty much do what we like and escape it. Anybody know? That there's an area that we can just cheat on, that we can just go, go and please ourselves on. And actually, the consequences can be, can be turned around. Sometimes we even believe that if we just ask God to forgive us, it can all be turned around. But the Bible says that actually our consequences, our, our actions bring consequences into our lives that we have to take seriously. And you can feel the kind of gravitas of Paul as he writes this. Even 2,000 years later, as you read it, you realize, man, this was, a, this was a serious verse he was writing to the Galatian church. And he was saying to them, come on, guys, I need you to think about this through. Here's a couple of other translations from the New Living Translation. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. It's a nice translation of it. The message, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. And the thing that stood out for me really today that I want to talk about is not sowing and reaping, because I think we kind of understand that principle um, in life and, and in general. But I want to talk about the first little phrase that says this, don't be deceived. Don't be misled. 
Because you see, I think there is a war going on for my mind and for your mind. There, there is a war around us in our world that we have to pay attention to because the enemy of our soul wants to mislead and wants to deceive the church. He wants to do that with everybody, but actually he wants us to, to be fooled about things that are important. He wants us to misunderstand. He wants us to think differently. He wants to challenge the word of God. There's a famous old verse from Proverbs in the King James that says this, As a man thinks, so he is. And you know, that is true, isn't it? Because if you're a positive person, it comes out. If you're a kind person, you can see it. If you're a bit stingy, it comes out. You ever sat in the bar and waited for your round to come thinking, I hope this time goes quickly now, do you know what I mean? It's stingy, you come out. It, it, it can be seen in you. As a man thinks he is, and you can see that in some people. Some people you don't want to say, how are you doing? Because you know what the answer is going to be before you ask the question. Don't you? Because they think a particular way. Some people are always angry. I got into a taxi in Aberdeen two weeks ago. And the taxi driver, honestly, I should have had a camera. He was shouting at everybody. He's going, you know, just, he was angry with everybody. You know, this, that, and this, that. And me, me and James are sitting there going, okay, this is an interesting taxi ride. Do you know what I mean? I tipped him just to get out early. Do you know what I mean? It was like, because it was just there in him. And as a man thinks, so he is. You know, the truth is, what you carry around in your head, what you believe about yourself and about others, becomes part of who you are. And if you think negatively about others, it comes out in your actions towards them. If you're judgmental, it can be seen. If you think you're better than everybody else, that comes out too. If you think everybody else is stupid, that comes out too. As a man thinks, so he is. And so how you treat people will be seen and will be evidenced in your life and in the situations of your life. And Paul picks up this theme. He says to the Galatian church, I don't want you to be deceived I don't want you to, to, to just believe that, um, and in this instance, he talks about sowing and reaping. He says, I don't want you to believe that uh, you can uh, sow, uh, sow this and reap that. That's not how it works with God. That you can just live a life as you please, and there are no problems with that. You see, see, our message is not telling everybody they have to live like us. Our message is that actually how they live will have consequences before God don't have to do anything. But we're saying that actually the Bible says there's a consequence. A man reaps what he sows. And I want to talk about this process of our mind being transformed, of our thinking being changed. Because the enemy of our souls will work in our minds, first and foremost. Because if he can get you to think wrong, he's won. If he can get you to think badly about other people, he's won because he'll destroy your relationships right here. Have you ever had to struggle with the fact that you think everybody's talking about you? You ever gone into a room and heard people laugh on the other side and think it's about you? Just me, huh? Paranoid! See, it happens, doesn't it? Because it's, it's something in us, it's in our mind. And if we don't quiet our mind, if we don't win the battle in our mind, then actually we can... Have you ever fallen out with someone in your head way before they said or did anything? 
Have you ever prepared for a fight driving somewhere in the car in your head going, right, and then we're going to say this, and then I'm going to do this, and then we're going to have that. And you turn up, and the person you thought you were going to have a fight with just goes, hi, how are you? And you're almost disappointed. Because in your head you were working at some kind of battle. What's going on, friends? It's because your mind interferes with your life. And if you believe the lie, if you don't win the battle in your mind, then it will always work out in your life. And so the devil doesn't have to defeat you, he just has to contain you in your mind. Because if he can get you to think ungodly things, if he can get you to think things that are not worthy of a child of God or of just a human being, he he will destroy how you live and how you interact with people. And all of a sudden you'll find yourself isolated and without friends and, and angry and bitter and nothing's even happened yet. It's because your mind has given in to the uh, situations around you. That's why the Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because it's there that the transformation starts to happen. It's there that you start to think differently. It's there that you begin to understand the truth of the Word of God. It's there that you begin to say, okay, actually, I need to take hold of that. And I just want to try and unpack this thought quickly this morning and try and undo this. And we need to recognize that this is true for all of us. This is not going to happen. Uh, This is not for just that certain group of people. You will have a battle in your mind. Some of you have got a battle in your mind right now going, I don't want to listen to this. Well, I've got a battle in my mind saying, I'm not sure I want to preach this. But, but we've got that going on because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. When you understand that, you begin to recognize that your primary battle is not in a physical arena, although there are manifestations in the physical arena, but it's really to do with your mind and your spirit. It's really to do with how you think about yourself as a child of God and how you think about the world as a fallen world that needs redemption. It's about how you understand the promises of God for you and how you seek to have faith in the word of God in spite of the circumstances of your life. It's a mind thing. And so it's a really important one for us to take hold of because otherwise we become deceived. Do not be deceived. And we get into all kinds of extreme places because deception leads us into wrong thinking. The Bible says, lay up treasure in heaven, but we can deceive ourselves to thinking that it's what we have on earth that really matters. Friends, just look around you. That's how most of the world are living. It's the spirit of the age. What do I have? What is mine? What can I take hold of? And if we're not careful, it becomes a dominant mindset within the church. Instead of laying up treasure in heaven. See, Jesus said it so clearly. Lay up treasure in heaven where rust and and moth don't destroy. Where, in other words, it isn't frittered away, where it isn't wasted. He said, you've got a choice about how you live and the decisions you make, how you invest your life. And yet something, we can be deceived if if we're actually honest. We can be deceived in thinking it doesn't really matter, heaven How am I going to invest my life here is what's really important. So many of us will think much more about our investments on earth than we do in heaven. Hello. I'm not getting in your face today. I'm just saying that's how it goes, isn't it? Because we can be deceived. See, we don't like that. I don't like the thought of being deceived, do you? When somebody knocks on the door to sell something, I instantly think they're a deceiving person. I'm wired up that way. (laughs) It's shocking, really, don't we? 
Because, but, because we don't want to be deceived. But friends, we can be deceived into thinking that we can live without understanding that if we do not lay up a treasure in heaven, then actually we will suffer loss in heaven. Woo, that's a big one. You read 1 Corinthians 3, it tells you all about that. Why? Because we were deceived into thinking that we didn't have to lay up treasure in heaven, even though Jesus preached about it very directly. And that we were deceived into thinking that it's only what happens here as we follow Jesus that is the most important thing. Friends, it's not. This 70 years on earth is not the most important thing. Because we believe in eternal life. Sometimes we deceive ourselves about believing in eternal life. Because actually we live as this, as if this is all there is. And that's what Paul is trying to write to these Galatians. He's saying to them, don't deceive yourselves, guys. Don't, don't lose sight of the big picture here. Do you remember when Adam and Eve were in the garden and the serpent came to them and said to them, did God really say you can't eat of any of these trees? And they said, oh, no, no, he didn't say that. He said, you, you cannot eat of this tree or we'll die. And his reply to that was this. You will not surely die. What was he doing? He was deceiving them into believing that he knew God better than they did. And friends, that's still the same tactic today. Because people become deceived that they can live as they please and it doesn't matter. But God says it does. And deception comes. And we give way and don't take hold of the word in our lives. We can be deceived in three many way, main ways. First, by the enemy of our souls. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. The devil seeks to deceive us just like he did Adam and Eve. Friends, he, I'm not saying the devil's on your case, but one of his minions is... I don't think many of us are probably important enough to, to, to token the devil himself, but he's got a whole army of angels that'll come and suggest things to you and me. He'll say, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? And he comes and suggests something that undermines the word of God in our lives and replaces it with something that's more attractive to us, because that's how it works, isn't it? And so he'll just suggest that actually we, can, we don't have to do that. I know the Bible says that, but you don't have to do it. Friends, that's a big thing today. The devil comes and he deceives people into believing that actually God isn't who he says he is and he doesn't mean what he says. And so instantly we can become that deception. Everything's up for grabs, isn't it? Let's debate with God about it. Let's deceive ourselves. And Paul says, don't be deceived by, by anything that would seek to take you away from the purposes of God. But anything that, you know, and I, I, I'm trying to say this today because if you don't guard your mind as a follower of Christ, no one else can. You know, I can't do it. See, I can, I can try and police your behavior. And here's, here's the news, I won't. It's not my job. If you can't police your behavior, that's up to you, folks. I refuse to be a righteous Pharisee. I have enough trouble policing my behavior. Never alone you a lot. We have to take control of our own mind and say, you know what, that's not acceptable for me. I will not do it. And when the enemy speaks and when the enemy seeks to tell us it doesn't matter, actually we have to say, you know what, it does matter. I won't be deceived by that. 
I won't give in to the lie. You see, sometimes we really want to give in to the lie, don't we? Or is it just me? I want to give in to the lie that there's no calories in Snickers. I believe that with all my heart. But somehow it doesn't seem to happen. I want, I, want to, I want to believe the lie. I want to believe the lie about all kinds of things. But I actually have to say, I can't deceive myself. We need to understand there's a battle for how you think about yourself. See, the enemy of your soul would come and tell you you're worth nothing and that you're a failure before God. And your soul would start to speak to you. And you then have to say, you know what? That's a lie from the pit of hell. And I will not accept that because Jesus paid it all. That's how much he valued my life. See, there's a spiritual mind battle right there. I'll stand on what I believe about the truth of God. And the enemy says, you're going to fail big time. And you know what I say? Yeah, that's probably true. But I got someone who picks me up every time. So I don't have to be successful. I just have to be follower of Jesus. And it changes everything. Why? Because I will not be deceived that it's all down to how good I can be. See, if the devil won't get you one way, he'll get you the other way. Deception. Now, friends, I don't know, you're all, you all look really nice and all together here in church today. Maybe this isn't a problem for you, but I've got a feeling it is. Because I deal pastorally with people who are always struggling with what other people tell them about themselves and what the world tells them about themselves and what the enemy tells them about their lives. And they will not break free and say, you know what, this is who I am in Christ. It's a deception from the enemy, and we've got to take hold of it. Secondly, we can be deceived by the attitudes of the world around us. 1 John 2.15, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, uh, love for the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The Apostle John warns us that the world around us promotes thinking that is not in line with the Spirit and the kingdom of God. And we have to recognize that. We're not immune to that. It's not something we can just shake off. Because everything in the world, and he names those three things, doesn't he? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, Money, sex, power. He says all those three things are a part of our lives and we need to recognize we get drawn into them. What we can have for ourselves, the lust of the eyes, I can take that. What we can do in our own bodies, the lust of the flesh that seeks to take over, whether that's sexually or whether that's from a greed point of view, or whether that's from a satisfaction point of view, with alcohol and drug and every other kind of thing. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life, that feeling that actually I'm sorted and I have something that I can really be boastful of before men and before God. I'm better than you. That temptation's there within all of us. And it's come from the spirit of the age. It's there within the society we live in. And friends, we need to understand it. It's not going to go away. We need to recognize it. And and it's not that the money is evil, but it's the love of money. It's the lust for power. It's the lust for feeding and gratifying the flesh that becomes the problem for us and leads us astray. The message of the world is eat, drink, be merry. Tomorrow you die. 
The message of the cross is tomorrow you enter into life. And so we have to think about it and recognize that there's a temptation for us to deceive ourselves that those things are the most important things in life when actually we need to tell the world actually there's a greater truth than what you have to give us. And that's hard, friends. It's hard to resist the spirit of the age. Hello. And so we have to say, this is who I am in God. This is what I'm pursuing. I need to press on. Thirdly, we're tempted by the desire of our own lives. (laughs) You know, you can't always blame the devil. Hello. You can't always say it was the devil's fault. It was the wicked world that pulled me in. Friends, the truth is we all have desires in our hearts and we're all chasing things. And sometimes they just pull us in. James says, doesn't he, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. He says, listen, we all fight this fight. It's part of how we live. It's part of how we have to go through life. Are you ever surprised, you know, what comes out of you? Julia says to me sometimes, I can't even believe you think that. And she never thinks that she's such a sweet girl. Or if she does, she doesn't tell me. Sometimes I'm just surprised. Have you ever thought something in your head and just thought, where did that come from? What's that about? How can I really believe that? How can I really think that? It just comes out of you. And you want to blame other people, but truthfully, it's just you. There's that thing in you that wants to be gratified, that wants to have things your way, and it just comes out. And it's this battle for the mind that we have to deal with. Now, I don't want to depress anybody today, but the truth is, the fact that we don't acknowledge this doesn't mean it doesn't happen. There's a battle for your mind whether you're in the game or not. Whether you're defending your life or not, it's happening. And so we need to try and figure that out for ourselves. And so I want to give us quickly this morning uh, just a few ways. I'm still getting used to where time we're at, you know, because the clock's all different, so I'm not really sure. According to my time, we used to finish at half 12. I've got another hour, do you know what I mean? Some of you now are rebuking my evil thinking, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Just write that. Take authority over that one, Lord Jesus. We cast it down. Just, just four quick things, okay? And they are really quick. First of this, how do, we, how do we win the battle in the mind? Firstly, we've got to think like soldiers, not civilians. You've got to think like soldiers, not civilians. It says there uh, in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You see, uh, and again, in Timothy, Paul says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. You see, the, the truth is, when we just think it's all about us, we live as civilians. When we think it's about God, we live as soldiers. Now, if you're going to guard your mind, you first of all have to stand at attention. <laughs> you have to say, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm alert. I've put the armor of God on today. I've thought about actually how I'm living in the kingdom. I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about, what's being spoken of in my life. Friends, that, that, is, that is effort. But the truth is it takes effort to overcome the mind games that go on in our lives. And so for some of us, we've actually got to say, you know what? I've been walking along this, you know, this little Christian way, thinking, oh, well, please, God, yeah, do that for me, do that for me. And I haven't really thought much about being a soldier. So, Lord, I recognize I need to put the armor on. I need to think about it. I need to protect myself. And I need to recognize that the enemy is seeking to rob me of the peace of God. How many of you know that even this last week, you've had to fight for the peace of God in your life? 
because actually all hell's broken loose. And your flesh has said to you, this is pointless. And you've thought to yourself, I can't do this. Sometimes you just have to get along with God. See, getting along with God isn't about routine. Getting along with God is about strength. It's about finding strength and life and saying, God, I come before you and I bow before you today and say, God, I need you to strengthen my life. So I declare your word over my life that I'm a child of God, that nothing can separate me from your love today, God. I've got my my armor on, God. Because if I don't, I'm going to get taken out too quickly. I'm going to defend myself today. The second one is we've got to guard our thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I love that. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, the truth is you've got to demolish the argument that causes you to move away from God. When, when the temptation in your mind comes and it says it doesn't really matter whether you're following Jesus, and the temptation will come, it doesn't really matter if I, if I don't talk to anyone about Jesus, it doesn't matter if I don't, don't, don't meet with anyone, it doesn't matter if I don't pray. Friends, you have to fix that in your head. You have to say, you know what, I demolish that. That's a wrong argument for me. I will not live in that. I'm going to give myself to the purposes of God and take hold of what God's called me to be and to do. And so you have to say, you know what, I'm taking hold of that today. I'm breaking out of this. I'm going to just bring the peace of God into that. I'm going to bring the purposes of God into that. I'm not going to give way. It's I'm going to guard my thoughts. See, sometimes the truth is, if you're anything like me, we like to indulge our thoughts, don't we? And all of a sudden we start to think and we think, oh, you know what? And all of a sudden we haven't guarded our minds. See, it takes effort to guard your mind, but the fruit is really worthwhile because actually if you guard your mind, it keeps you in God's love. The Bible says keep yourself in God's love. You know, that's your responsibility, nobody else's. Sometimes you want to say to God, keep me in your love. He says, keep yourself. Now he does say, I will never leave you or forsake you. He does say, I'll surround you, and come. but you've got to keep yourself there. Because God can't stop you from walking away. God can't make you interested. Hello. Some of you are struggling with that this morning. It's got to come from the Spirit. And so you have to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to guard my thoughts. I'm going to take these thoughts captive. Sometimes you just have to say, that is not a good thought and I shouldn't think it. That's ungodly. It's untrue. It's not worthy of me or of the people I'm thinking of. And so I'm going to take hold of it and say, that's rubbish. How many of you know, sometimes you think absolute rubbish. So we need to be honest enough about it to to tackle it and say, hey, I'm not going to let that become a problem. Sometimes you can think a problem between you and yourself, uh, sorry, you and somebody else exists. And the truth is, it's nothing to do with anybody. It's to do with you. I've realized that if I choose not to fall out with other people, they often don't fall out with me. Haven't you? Have you noticed that? If I choose to live at them, they live, uh, live at peace with them, they live at peace with me. Why? Because my thinking changed. Because the thing they did that irritated me, I just said, hey, what's the big deal? I didn't, say, I didn't think to myself, the rats. How dare they treat me like that? Who do they think they are? I thought differently. I, I recognized that that is only going to lead to one way. So I decided to think differently. Thirdly, develop positive thinking. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is pure, think on those things. Sometimes you've just got to get different thoughts, haven't you? 
sometimes you just got to say, you know what? Enough. Enough of all this. Actually, I need to think some good things. Sometimes you need to just fill your life. That's what meditation is. Meditation is filling your life with the good things of the kingdom of God, with the good things of the peace of God. And we just need to just be, uh, recognize that and just uh, under, understand that and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to change my thinking on this issue. Many people are bound by how they think about things. And they won't change. They say, I can't get out of this. I can't change this. I can't change. And we have to say to ourselves, you know what? I'm wrong. And even if I'm right, I'm going to start to think better about people. Honestly, friends, it, it kills people. Negative thinking kills people. So sometimes we just have to say, whatever is pure, whatever is good, that's what I'm going to carry in my heart. And then finally, the Bible says we should submit to God. James 4 verse 7 says this, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, he will flee. You see, often the power of a renewed mind comes from a surrendered life. Because it's when we're fighting God for victory and for ownership of particular areas of our lives that we become vulnerable to mind games. Because if we haven't surrendered a particular issue, then actually what happens is we fight God over it and everybody else. And and all of a sudden, what what we think is fairly straightforward becomes negative to us. Because the the issue isn't whether the enemy is suggesting it. The issue is your flesh is telling you you're not going to be surrendered to God on that issue. And your mind becomes tormented. I don't mean tormented as in, ah, I mean tormented as in undecided. The Bible said an undecided man is unstable in all his ways. What's that talking about? It's talking about an unsurrendered life. Because if you're going to give God one area of your life but hold back those four, you've got a major problem. And how that problem will manifest is in your mind. Because it's the mind that leads to all the other activity of your life. And so if you're saying, well, God, I want to surrender to you in this area, but I want to keep lordship of this, then actually you're going to have conflict because the enemy then has a position to accuse you over so you say, I want to follow you, Jesus, but I'm not going to be sexually pure as you've called me to be. Man, we've instantly got an issue because as soon as you come to your relationship with God, the accuser stands right beside you and goes, call yourself a Christian. And you only have two choices then, either to submit or to harden your heart. That's the only two places you can go. You do one or the other, either just by the process of life. It's the same with all these issues of discipleship. It's the same with putting things like, if you choose to forgive someone, you either have two choices. You either forgive them or you say, I'll never forgive them, God, ever, because they hurt me. And what you is, you become hard. But what means this church becomes a hard place. Talking to God becomes a hard place because you know that something's come between you. What is it, friends? Is it because they hurt you? No, it's because your mind will not respond to submit to God. And so I just want you to think and understand, this is the process. And, and I'm talking about it so earnestly this morning because I just think it's a massive thing in people's lives. We deceive ourselves. We're called to submit to God. I want to ask you today, how's your thinking? Too many people have suffer from stinking thinking. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived in thinking that all the promises of God... See, here's a big one. Don't be deceived in thinking all the promises of God are for other people but not for you. Hello. Don't be deceived into thinking that everybody else can be forgiven for their sins but you can't. 
Don't be deceived into thinking that you can live however you please. You can sow whatever you like and you're going to reap well. Friends, the Bible says God will not be made a fool of. He will hold you accountable. How's your thinking today? Let's pray. Listen, I've tried quickly to just really come through the stuff this morning. You know, we've prayed with people today for strength. Holy Spirit has been here and has spoken. I've tried to unpack this word so clearly. It came clearly to me this week, just as I was preparing, this word on deception. On thinking that uh, we, we can... We can be just closed off to the Spirit of God. Our minds can tell us we're following Jesus, but really, we know we're not. We've been deceived. We're in church, but actually we're not engaged. We've been deceived. We call ourselves Christians, but there's not really any sense of worship in us. We've been deceived. We say we're followers of Jesus, but we know we're far from him in our minds. The world, the enemy, even our own flesh has deceived us. And I've tried to just outline to you how you can protect yourself from this this morning. Sometimes you have to think like a soldier. Hey, this is a fight now. This isn't just about me. This, this is a fight this is about the kingdom here. My life in the kingdom. And you have to guard your mind. Sometimes you just have to take hold of those thoughts and say, you know what, that is an unworthy thought. and It sets me up against the purposes of God. I will not allow it to flourish in my life. Is that hard work? Yes, friends, it is. But it's better than the consequences. You've got to develop a positive process of thinking. Whatever is good whatever is pure, whatever is noble, think about that. Some of us, we entertain judgmental thinking processes and attitudes that stem from the world. We've got to change how we think. Because it will set us free. We've got to submit to the Lord. I'm just going to close the meeting in just a moment. I guess I want to do two things. First of all, maybe you're here this morning. You're not yet a Christian. You're not someone who's ever really bowed the knee to Christ. You're not someone who's come and put your faith in him. And so I'd want to say to you, with love in my heart, don't be deceived. God won't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. God calls you today to acknowledge that you're a sinner before him and to get your life right. and To accept that he died on a cross for you in your place, so that you can be saved. And if you're in that place this morning, I just want you to just look at me and just slip your hand up and say, David, you pray for me. I need to get my life right with God today. If anybody in the house this morning, thank you, brother. Please put your hand down, that's fine. Anybody else? Great. Maybe after the meeting I could pray with you. Just give you a little booklet just about starting this journey of faith. Love to do that. But I also want to talk to you, us, church. Don't be deceived. I just want you to think today. 
maybe about your life. I don't have to have a word of knowledge to know that this message is relevant to us, friends, because it's relevant to me. But I just want to pray over maybe just some people today who, as we've preached, as we've shared the word, you've just become aware of maybe an area of your life where your thinking has become wrong. And even as I've preached this morning, it's like the Lord's just been kind of bringing you to a place of freedom in it, just revelation in it. You've begun to see, you know what, I I need to deal with that because that's not true. It's a lie from the evil one. It's something that I've allowed the world to deceive me about. It's something that even my own flesh has just brought me to believe because it's convenient to me, but actually I know it's not true. And I want to believe the truth. I want my thinking to change. And if that's you, just as we're eyes are closed, I just want you to stand with me. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to ask you to do anything more embarrassing. But I just want you to stand and say, yeah, pray for my thinking, Dave, because I need to be free in this. So if that's you, just please, where you stand. It's God's word, friends. It's God's word that brings life and sets people free. It's not about weakness. It's just about honesty with God. So, Father, I just acknowledge today with my brothers and sisters, Lord, that we need, Lord, a change in our thinking, Lord, in some areas of our lives, Lord. Lord, we're your children. We know that. Lord, we call you our Father, and we know that, Lord. But, Lord, so enemy, so easy the enemy would come in and just try and deceive us, Lord, from being confident, Lord, as your children. Lord, from being free as your people, Lord from being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Lord. He would seek to keep us weak. And Lord, part of how that happens is through how we think, Lord. So Lord, we just recognize this morning, Lord, your word to us, don't be deceived. So Lord, we just come and we stand before you today because we, we recognize, Lord, areas of our lives where we are liable, Lord, just to give way in our thinking to things that are not about you and your kingdom, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you bless the whole of our lives, Lord. But, Lord, this issue is an issue of uh, just stopping us from being just submitted to you and really, Lord, following you. Lord, we just give it to you today. I thank you, Lord, that it is for freedom that you've set us free. And so I pray for each person standing here today, Lord, would you bring freedom to them? Lord, in this issue, Father, would you open their eyes, Lord? Lord, would you bring light and life, Father? Lord, that would set them free in their thinking. Lord, that we would not be deceived. Lord, we thank you, Father. Lord, that you've called us to walk in truth with you. And I pray, God, that your word, Lord, and your spirit would come by today, Lord, just to bring, Lord, liberty, Lord, in people's lives. I pray, Lord, where patterns of thinking have been ingrained in our lives, Lord, that would seek to destroy us, Father. Lord, in Jesus' name, I cut them off. I cut them off today, Lord. Lord, would there be a transforming by renewing of our minds today? Just believe that the Holy Spirit is beginning a process of renewal in some of your minds. And so for some of you, how how you're going to work with that this week is I want you to just take hold of the word. I want you to find a promise in the Bible that just is an antidote to that lie that's been fed to you. And I want you to start to meditate on it. And I want you to start to just speak it out in your life. You don't have to do it in a dramatic way, but just say, Lord, I trust your word today over my life. Lord, in this area, Lord, I trust you. 
And uh, I really believe the Lord's going to begin to change and set, set you know, it takes a while, friends, because we it takes a while to form a pattern in our lives. And if you've had a pattern of wrong thinking, it's going to take a while for it to begin to be established again. So what we're doing here today is we're setting the course of a new pattern in our thinking. And so for you, even this week, this will be tested. I'm telling you, you'll be tested on it. So you've got to say, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm going to hold on to your word. That word you spoke to me on Sunday, Lord, I'm going to hold on to that, Lord, because I'm not going to give this place in my life anymore to the evil one and believe the lie, but I'm going to take hold of the truth. So I just bless my brothers and sisters, Lord, as they seek to live, Lord, in your truth. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would refresh them and strengthen them in Jesus' name. I wonder what everybody stand, please. So, Father, I just thank you for each one of us. I thank you for every life here, 